Welcome to Prepare to Care, the AARP podcast that provides resources and tools to help support caregivers and their families. I am your host, Charlene Hunter-James. When it comes to fires, older Americans must take extra steps to stay safe. That's because statistics show that the risk of dying in a residential fire is greater as people age. Their physical and cognitive limitations are cited as the reason. If you're a caregiver, what should you do to keep yourself and the person you care for safe? Should we do things differently in this day of coronavirus? To give us some tips on staying safe, we turn to Fire Chief Samuel Pena. Thank you, Chief, for joining us. Charlie, thank you very much for having me on your program. Well, when it comes to keeping people who are older, 50 plus safe, what does the person caring for them need to do, especially today? Well, especially today, um, we need to understand that, that as we get older, as we all get older, that there are certain factors that, uh, that increase our, our risk to susceptibility to illnesses, uh, injuries, or, or, or other things. And I think that's the main uh, thing to consider uh, in, in everything we do, especially right now in the age of coronavirus, right? Um, as we age, we uh, develop certain certain uh, illnesses, uh, certainly chronic uh, conditions that uh, that increase the risk of, of, uh, of, to us, our safety. And I think that's primarily one of the things that we need to consider as caregivers and uh, on a personal level is that we need to be even more cautious to maintain ourselves safe, to maintain ourselves healthy in order not to um, uh, uh, catch this virus that can be really uh, debilitating and, and deadly. Um, you know, with this uh, one thing we know about the coronavirus that we can be sure of is it's highly contagious and, uh, and it is affecting the older population more. Although now we're seeing numbers of, of deaths in, mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in the younger population as well, as, as early as 20s and 30s. So this, is a, this virus is real, but we know that as we age, we are even more susceptible to those risk factors. And the key is stay healthy and prevention. Right. How much has a firefighter's procedure changed since COVID-19 for your firefighters and the people they are trying to help yeah. In addition, what procedures are in place for them to take care of themselves during this crisis? Well, Charlene, you know, I can tell you that uh, that we have had a wholesale change in our approach. Um, in the old days, I'm going to say the old days, just last year, right? Um, we used to, uh, the goal was to, to get to your emergency as quickly as possible and rush in to, to make uh, as big a positive impact as we could on the situation. And since the coronavirus, uh, since the pandemic hit, and since we've been dealing with it uh, this year, we've had to change our approach. We still are efficient in getting out of the door, getting to your emergency. But at the time that we arrive on scene, everything seems to just take a little slower uh, path, right? Now, what we've uh, told our firefighters is to assume that any patient contact, any interaction we have 
with our patients or at an incident is to assume and to have a heightened sense of suspicion that that interaction can be potentially infectious and not just infectious to our firefighters, but vice versa. We can be the source of infection to our patients. And because of that, we've taken a different approach to how we um, handle those scenes. Now you will see our firefighters wear their gloves, their masks, their goggles, and limit the number of people that actually make patient contact initially uh, until they make an assessment, right? And as I mentioned, uh, the reason for that is the game changer in this whole pandemic was when people were able to be asymptomatic, not have not be displaying mm -hmm. any symptoms of the coronavirus, and still be potentially infectious, still be shedding some of the virus. That really changed the uh, the environment for us because a person who would look healthy, who would not be displaying any symptoms, uh, can be potentially shedding the virus and infecting other people. And that's not just uh, our patients potentially infecting our firefighters. It could be our firefighters also spreading that virus to our patients. So because of that, with that understanding, we've uh, changed our approach. And now everybody is, is required to wear the entire personal protective ensemble when they're approaching any scene. And because the goal is to limit the exposure uh, uh, cross contamination, both to the patients and to the firefighters. I'm glad to hear that. Sure. What is the leading cause of fires? And I'd like to add on to that. We know during different seasons, right? They're they're higher risk. Yeah, sure. In the summer, you know, we worry about seniors that have these window fans that are, you know, shooting off a lot of warm air. Uh, and then in the in the winter, we deal with the heaters. So what can we do to educate and to prevent a blaze in the home? Well, you know, the leading cause of fires, and regardless of the season, is cooking fires. Cooking fires are, are one of the leading uh, causes of home fires uh, in, in our city. And that's as a result of, of you know, being unattentive, leaving um pans cooking and unattended uh, and uh and so that's regardless of the season that's one of the, mm -hmm. the call types that that we always respond to but you're exactly correct charlene is that uh, during different times of the year we get different types of of uh, fires that also uh increase for example in the in the winter time we get uh space heaters uh that we that we have to deal with, right? People are misusing those space heaters. And those are very dangerous um, if they're not used uh, appropriately and if they're left unattended, you know, too close to, to combustibles, um, to drapes, to they drip clothes over them. And especially the, uh, the automatic ones, the ones that turn on and off automatically um, with, the, with the thermostat, um, those can turn on. And if somebody accidentally leaves a piece of clothing or some combustible that's, that's close to those to those units, uh, it can it can spark a fire. Um, so keeping a three foot separation from those space heaters, all the way around is is critically important. And during Christmas time, we have overloaded circuits, electrical fires. Right, we try to plug in as many of our of our bright lights into into a, a limited number of of outlets, and that causes uh, electrical fires and, and other issues. 
Um, we also want another thing that we have to contend with, especially in the winter, is, is the use of candles, right, and, and open flames. Mm -hmm. Candles are very, very dangerous uh, if they're left unattended. Okay, so so there are other options than to use open flame candles, especially inside the home, and we recommend people to do that uh, to use those as well. But um, again, you know, especially uh, for for seniors, cooking fires and cooking accidents are are one of the main uh, the leading causes of, of home fires, um, and especially for our seniors, what we see is they they tend to use a lot of loose clothing, and as they're cooking, as they're moving around in the kitchen. And, uh, you know, our, our senses as we get older may be getting diminished a, a little bit, right? And we don't realize that, uh, that our clothing may be too close to an open flame or, or some other hazard, uh, boiling liquids and stuff. And, and we, we, uh, there's accidents that happen can then turn into, into fires. So it's very important uh, that we provide a safe uh, environment in the kitchen to always be aware uh, not to leave items on the stove unattended and uh and to ensure that uh that we have a an extinguisher handy right because a grease fire you can't put it out with water all you're doing is you're just making that worse that's very mm -hmm. important so having a the right extinguisher accessible and knowing how to use those extinguishers uh, uh in the kitchen and in, in, in around the home i i know at one time there were safety checks that the Police, uh, the fire department would conduct right. uh, for like your um, fire extinguishers or your smoke alarms in the home. Are those still yeah. being done? Well, one of the things, Charlene, that uh, that I want to uh, make sure our community understands is that your neighborhood fire station is always a resource for any safety uh, check or safety okay. information that you may that you may need. Uh, our firefighters are very well versed on on what's is uh, you know leading causes of fires and some of the safety things that we should be uh, looking out for. So um, we re I recommend you know if if uh, if people especially our our elderly if they want to have a firefighter come into their home and, and just take a look and see if there's are any things that uh, that uh, they would consider um, or uh, recommend suggest for for safety. Uh, uh, aspects that they that they invite their firefighters over and and our firefighters would be glad to go in there and give them tips they will certainly check your your smoke detectors smoke detectors are a vital part of your safety uh, uh, they'll make those checks and they'll make any recommendations that they see just uh you know by taking a look at your at your space and and, and making the recommendations that'll that'll hopefully keep you safe and uh, at least make them aware that uh, that there may be some things that for them to consider as well Okay. We mentioned physical and cognitive limitations may put older Texans and can make it more difficult for a person to react to a fire. We're talking poor eyesight, hearing loss, arthritis, and dementia. What should caregivers do to keep loved ones safe? Well, <clears throat> again, I mentioned uh, smoke detectors um, and carbon monoxide detectors. Those things, those devices are critical uh, to have in the home and to have them placed appropriately and checked appropriately. So um, what I recommend is, is especially uh, for our older uh, population is to have not only the audible ones, but they have the, the ones that have strobe lights on, on them as well in case there is uh, for our, our hearing impaired. Uh, 
or visually impaired and, and you know they have different uh, different uh, models that will address those those limitations that needs to be uh, of primary concern for any caregiver and for us personally um, in our home is is early detection with a smoke detector carbon monoxide detector is critical the second thing that we would recommend is to talk with your relatives or caregivers about establishing a plan for evacuation from the home, okay? Uh, having that, <clears throat> that plan in place, uh, practicing that plan is, is, is critically uh, important to have, um, to have that conversation. And, you know, one thing to remember is that once you're outside, stay outside, right? <laughs> uh, do not go back inside the home. And uh, because, yeah, tragedy can, can strike at any, at any point. The key is prevention. And, and when we can't do that, early detection is, is also critical. Mm -hmm. And again, I cannot stress enough the, the proper use of the, of the uh, smoke detectors and have the, having those in place. Because although the Houston Fire Department has, has good response times, you know, we can get there between four to six minutes from the time that we're notified. Mm -hmm especially at night, the notification time can be several minutes. And, you know, um, a fire can, can flash over in, in four to eight minutes. And so that's not a lot of time. But getting an early detection, getting the people inside the home notified that there is a problem and to evacuate, that's going to be critical to everybody's safety. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to hear you talk about a plan, developing a plan, because that is so important. Absolutely. Uh, let me ask this. Is there a class or a training that caregivers can take to be informed about fire safety? I know one time I went to your trailer that was on fire and, we, and you have a term where you have to drop and roll or something. Stop, drop, drop, roll, right? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. So that's if you're on fire. That's if you're on fire, <laughs> stop, drop and roll. If your house is on fire, we just need you to roll out out of there. You know, okay. we need to get out. Okay. Yes. All right. But uh, certainly, we have our public education and public uh, mm -hmm. uh, affairs team that uh, that is able to go out to, especially like uh, neighborhood associations or or mm -hmm. senior centers, uh, to give those safety classes. Mm -hmm. The American Red Cross also has a lot of very good programs on on uh, on safety, especially for the elderly that uh, that we can avail ourselves uh, from. The AARP is certainly a wealth of information for our seniors and mm -hmm. uh, on safety and, and other tools and, and uh, resources available for, for our communities. But um, look, as a community, we have to ensure that we're seeking out those, those trainings and that we are reaching out and engaging with our senior population to ensure that they are safe. Especially right now in this time of, of coronavirus, when we are preaching the physical distancing, right? Mm -hmm. That does not mean uh, disconnecting from from each other. That just uh, there's different ways to to stay connected and still maintain that that uh, that social distancing um, that's appropriate now for our safety, but not sever those ties, especially with our with our elderly population, mm -hmm. because they are most at risk, uh, and they're most at risk, especially when they're by themselves. So, Chief Pena, what are the top three messages that you would like to leave with us today to help seniors and their caregivers um, to stay safe and healthy in their homes? 
Well, especially right now with the pandemic, um, that is the the leading cause of illness uh, right now. You know, it leads to mm-hmm. respiratory distress if you catch the virus, <clears throat> especially if you have some underlying uh, chronic conditions. That can be uh, that can just exacerbate those conditions and and uh, and lead to a bad outcome. So prevention is going to be the key, preventing, keeping us safe, right? And the way we do that is three simple things. Until we have a vaccine, the the best recommendation that we have right now is to keep ourselves safe, is to wear our masks in public, stay the, uh, maintain that physical distancing, right, from each other, and practice proper hygiene, washing your hands often and staying healthy. I mean, those are those are the three basic things that we can do right now to try to prevent us from acquiring this virus that uh, that has been demonstrated to uh, to have a very devastating effect mm-hmm. on on all populations. So, you know, we encourage everybody to stay safe. We encourage everybody to stay connected and to do the right thing for our community and for yourselves to stay healthy. And we will see better days. We will get through this and uh, move forward. God, God willing. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Is there a particular number that people can call if they would like to have their neighborhood fire station to come out and do a check? Look, we can, uh, we, you have, uh, the website is probably the best route. It's, it's got, it's a wealth of information. It's, uh, it's houstonfire.org. Uh, and, and, um, we will, uh, everything you need to know, everything you need, uh, as far as resources, uh, will be available in, in our website. Just type in Houston Fire uh, on a search engine, and it'll probably be the first uh, item that comes up. Our we- our website is is very easy to navigate, and it's got resources there for for safety. It's got uh, if you need somebody to come out and install your smoke detector, do a check. Uh, all those things are available for for our community, and uh, and we're glad to have you there, and we'll be glad to come out and and help you stay safe. Well, Chief Pena, thank you so much for joining us today. That information that you have shared is so valuable. And um, we'd like to, to say um, thank you to you and your staff for all the work that you're doing, not only during this crisis period, but all through the year to keep us safe here in Houston. Thank you. Well, it's our pleasure. And, and, and uh, thank you all for what you do. And, and God bless you. We encourage you to follow the Prepare to Care podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, or www.aarp.org slash HoustonPTC. Thanks for listening, and as always, thanks for caring.